Before you dive into this exciting episode, I'd like to let you know about the Squash Playbook, your tactical blueprint for success. The playbook is written based on the most common solutions I have given to the people I coach over the last 20 years. It is the ultimate how-to guide for any squash fan, and you can grab a free copy right away by visiting squashplaybook.com or clicking on the link in the show notes. Are you freaked out by that hard-hitting hacker? Frustrated with running out of ideas against the relentless retriever? Want to close out matches more clinically when in the lead? Or do you need some mental tools to overcome bad calls by referees? These answers plus many more have been brought together all in one place for the squash community. The Squash Playbook is a practical toolkit that breaks down over 40 scenarios that are most commonly faced on the court. Each scenario provides the psychology and the strategy needed to get a positive result. Each chapter wraps up with the top six key points to keep things simple and practical. The aim of the book is to transform reactive players into proactive tacticians. I focus on breaking down complex situations into straightforward, effective strategies for those high pressure moments in a match. So why not grab your copy now and step onto the court next time with a clear head and a set of strategies to win those matches you know you're capable of. Please enjoy the show. Okay, here we are. Nerves and anxiety, a huge, huge topic in sport, in performance, in anything competitive we're doing. So Bart, when I come to you with nerves and anxiety, what are the first things that come into your mind? Um, I think it's very important for, 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 for listeners to realize that nerves are nothing personal in a sense that we all think like, oh, I'm nervous. Uh, something's wrong with me. Uh, I shouldn't be nervous. Um, but then again, in my experience working with athletes, I think all of us are nervous at some point in time. Um, so in that sense, there's nothing personal about it. So take it more as a as a thing that happens to you. What same like uh, I don't know, like uh, like like it's raining outside. It's nothing personal about it. There's just it's just bad weather. And if you start from there, then then a lot of the of the drama already goes away. A lot of the oh sh- sh- what am I gonna do what am I gonna do is already gone because it's just something that happens to you and then you can like take a step back and analyze like hey why why am I actually nervous mm. you know then it then it, that makes it easier to to yeah to overcome the nerves in the first place so what I'm hearing you say you're you're just trying to normalize it you're trying to de-escalate it a bit you're just trying to bring it back onto something that is just I suppose part and parcel of wanting to play competitive sport. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing you say in that. Yeah, I mean, for me as a mental coach, obviously for me, nerves shouldn't be there. That maybe is a bold statement. So I I never, I mean, a healthy dose of nerves is okay. But I mean, for me in general, if there's if there are nerves, then I have work to do. Or like me as a coach and my player have work to do. So I I don't put it out there like it, it's something that's, that, that's supposed to be there. Mm. Um but still, if it's there, well, we all have it. So there's, there's, well, don't make a big fuss about it. Mm. And then what happens because I, I've read this as well, and and I'm always trying to toggle this with um, some of the players I work with. There's that inverted view of optimal performance. I think um, Yerkes and Dodson back in like 1908 or something, where they kind of propose that you need some form of pressure to raise it because if you don't have the pressure, inverted commas, whatever pressure is, we can talk about that. Um, you become quite bored, and you almost don't take things. Seriously enough. So, so where do you think things fit on that scale, and how do you help athletes move up and down that scale? Yeah, I mean, like for me, it's pretty pretty easy. Like if you're an athlete, and especially um, a professional athlete, you're into sports because winning for you is more important than anything. Like if you probably if you do at Christmas do a board game with your family, you're going to be fighting to win as well. You know, 
I see myself always cheating during these family <laughs> games because I definitely want to win. So, so I don't. For me, I think that the the motivation, like, I think the only reason why people lack complete uh, motivation or like don't care at all is when they're when they just don't feel they have a chance to win anymore. Mm. So, so in that sense, I, I, like the the um, under motivation is for me is never a problem with with professional athletes. So for me, it's always more like how to get like the the top steam off because this is what yeah what closes you down basically. Mm. So I'll flip it the other way. I'm not sure how many non-professionals you work with because I know a lot of people listening might not be professionals as well. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of raise the stakes? Have you ever have you ever had to do that yet? Where you kind of go, actually, you're not you're not taking this seriously enough. Has that ever come into your your work yet? Uh, I mean. For me, like I always like to work from the athlete's point of view. So I feel like if the athlete is not motivated, then well, that's his problem. It's his life. So if he, if he doesn't want to want to, you know, like give his best, then well, it's it's not my loss basically. However, if I'm on a journey with an athlete, like doesn't matter if he's amateur or professional. Like if I'm on a journey with an athlete, like we build up a relationship and we do work together, and then after uh, let's say half a year or a year, the guy. Has a has a has a sloppy phase. Of course, he needs a bit of a slap in the face, and I'm saying, "Hey, this is not what I signed up for. Get your shit together and let's 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 go." So sometimes mm. people need like a, a a slap on the cheek uh, to get to get going again. Yeah, and I know the, obviously the reason we're sitting and recording this is is we're we're trying to provide a toolkit. We're trying to really kind of go. Actually, here's a here's a great big topic we love to talk about, but here's the tools. So I just want to zoom in. And you do this before a match. So you've got the player, you've got the athlete before the match, and you can just see they, they're ridiculously nervous. Any thoughts on the tool about how to de-escalate those nerves at that point? Yeah. I mean, I think it's important that you do it like uh, a, like if you have a match, uh, let's say uh, in the evening, that, that you de-escalate the nerves at least two hours before. Because the closer you do it, like nerves, obviously, like if we, if we zoom into nerves in the first place, Nerves are just like an emotional reaction from your body. So it's just like the same as happiness. It's it's a different emotion. And it, it's just a, an indicator that you're nervous, that you're afraid, that you're scared of something. There's a there's a, a likely probability that, that shit goes wrong. And if 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 shit goes wrong, then I'm screwed, basically. So mm. and the nerves is ah, I don't want stuff to go wrong. In that sense, meaning I don't want to lose. I don't want to look bad. I don't want to lose to this junior. I don't want to you know, like all the stuff that could go wrong. So, so for me, it's more like it's it's um you're scared. Basically, mm -hmm. nerves means you're scared of something, of a possible outcome, uh, and that's the first step. So, if we want to release this scaredness, you don't want to do it 30 minutes before a match because then you release all the energy and you're quite quite flat on court. So, it has to be like a bit of time before the match. Let's say two three hours, basically. Mm. Yeah, well, obviously, fear comes into this a lot, isn't it? Like like, and you said it there, really interesting. Um. I think the sometimes the biggest fears is the stories we tell ourselves because so many of them don't even ever come true. But the fear is internal stories of what may happen. We always go into the worst case scenarios. Um, so fear might be a huge topic that really lends into nerves and anxiety. But you talk about, and this might help de-escalate the fear side of things, four times why. So what what how can you help listeners understand what four times why is? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just to get back to what you just said, I think it's very important. What you just mentioned is like people say, well, it's just a story in my head. And 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 that's that's absolutely true. For the, the only thing for me is like 
whether it's it, it's a story in your head or it's the actual truth, it doesn't matter in this situation because the fact is you're nervous. You know, so so some coaches might say, "Oh, don't don't worry about your nerves because it's just a story." Well, you're absolutely right, right, Mr. Coach. But uh, there's nerves are still there. You know, so so I'm always more interested in like what's actually happening. So what am I actually experiencing in my body, which is nerves at this point in time? That's show, that's the true indicator of how I'm feeling and whether it's. It's a completely nonsense story. Doesn't matter. I'm feeling it right now, so I have to deal with it right now. Mm, that's, that's really well put. I've not I've not heard it put like that. I really like that because I think I might fall into the trap of what you said there about you know yeah. telling telling the player. Listen, yes, you're nervous, but it's only a story, and I'm kind of hoping that de-escalates the nerves. But you're saying that even though if you reframe the story, the nerves are still going to be there, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it might help a little, like making them realize, man, this is just a story. Don't don't worry so much. But in my experience, like well, that releases maybe five percent of the pre- of the of the nerves, but ninety five percent is still there because mm. it, it's like it's 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 um, I mean, we could go into detail a very long time. It's your fight or flight reaction, you know. It's your it's your ego that feels feels threatened. So like all your your biological system reacts. So it's it's nothing rational anymore. It's an emotional process, which like if you if you're in a fight with someone, doing a rational. Like talking about it rationally is not possible anymore. You know, people are already screaming right now. So, so that that's that step is already long gone. Basically, that's something maybe you could do. Like uh, I don't know, a few weeks before an event where you say, "Hey, listen, this is what what are the stories you're telling yourself?" And then you look mm-hmm. into the stories. But at that point, so close to a match, we we can only tap into the emotions and look at what what they are and 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 then analyze those basically. Mm. Okay, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. What are the tools? What are the tools at this point? Yeah. So like you mentioned, the, the four times why is, is something. So we want to analyze like, hey, what am I actually afraid of? So so to investigate what is my story, I don't care if it's true or false, but just what is my story? So why am I nervous? And then the athlete, athlete can think about, okay, why am I actually nervous? Is uh, Well, I'll just make up a stupid example. Like, well, I'm, I'm nervous to lose because if I lose, I might be dropped out of the team or I want my, you know, whatever's happening. So, okay. And then, and then, then, so we we asked the, the why question four times. So, okay, you might you might lose. Okay, why is it so 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 bad that you lose? Well, if I lose, I might be dropped out of the team. Okay, why is it so bad if you drop out of the team? Well, if I drop out of the team, I'm, I don't know, I'm, my funding from the school might might be cut. Okay, and why is it so why is it so bad if the funding from the school might be cut? Well, because then I have to drop out of the school. And why is it so important that you drop out of? And and if you if you do mm. this for like let's say four times five times you get to the the original reason why you're nervous so for example it might be well because i i want to show my girlfriend i love her or i want to i don't know i want to to show people i'm a good coach or i want to show no and then you get to the true source of your of your nerves of your of your scaredness and that's the first step so because the initial reason you're giving i'm afraid to lose is just the top of the tip of the iceberg so like there's the actual reason is is way deeper than that so 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 Answering the why questions is very important, but it's also very difficult because you have to be very, very honest in when you answer them. Mm. And you're saying this can be done just before the match and also like weeks away from matches. Like, like is there a, a kind of optimal timing? I, I assume this is an ongoing process, right? Yeah, but if, if, if like I said, if, if we're tapping into emotions, it has to be shortly before the match because when you're doing it three weeks before the match, then the emotions are not there yet. Mm. So, so you're going to be talking about like a hypothetical situation. Okay, in three weeks, three weeks you're going to be nervous. And why are you going to be nervous? You know, it it kind of becomes a bit like artificial because there's no 
no emotions involved. Mm. So and and you need to feel the emotion of like, fuck, I'm scared. Jesus, you know, I I went to the toilet already four times and I'm still and I'm still shivering a bit and, you know, like then then it's worth investigating because you actually feel what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, and um, I'm kind of trying to zoom in here and and again, what's your experience when? Because often when players start the match, it's like the, like the worst thing is like the two hours, half an hour before the match. They just want to get going now, don't they? It's just like, let's just start the match. And as soon as they start, you know, it starts to kind of disappear and things happen. But the question I've got for you is how do those or how do you help players with nerves that are still there like halfway through the match? Or even like if they're doing really well, they they are ahead and they can feel like the finish line is there and they're getting nervous because of that. Any thoughts on like during competition nerves, not pre-nerves, but like actual in the event? Yeah, I mean, like um, I think like if, if you're really in the event, like in the match itself, there's no time anymore. You know, there's no time to talk. There's no time to think. There's we just need to get like performance out. So, I, for me, the most important thing is just like, like I mean, nowadays you can't do it anymore. But in the old days, you would give him a proper slap in the face. Like, okay, stop whining now. Let's <laughs> let's get the shit going. You know. So I feel like by the time we get to a match or in a match, then mental coaching is gone. We sure. we need to stop talking about it. We're now too world champions working together and i treat you as a world champion i tell you man up man let's get this this shit done before you've lost three love so then mm. it, it gets like a real honest conversation where we tell each other the brutal truth like stop whining mm. here we go you know mm. yeah, yeah, yeah totally no and again those those hard conversations might need to happen at that point and um you talk about sharing so when we talk about nerves and anxiety <clears throat> you talk quite a lot about sharing can you help unpack that with us yeah, so like uh, that was maybe that's normally the, the the next step after asking asking the why questions. So asking the why questions is something normally is easier done when you do it together with someone, with your coach, for example. And then after after you got got to the point of why you're so nervous, it's it's about actually sh like you get like you get um you, you get like the reason what where the nerves come from, where the scaredness mm -hmm. comes from, and if you really find like what you're truly afraid of, and you share this with the person next to you, then you'll see that the emotions start to flow automatically, because then this the scares the 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 scaredness comes out and you st maybe you start crying, for example, and then you release all this these nerves and all this this scaredness, and that that's only going to happen if you share with someone else. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's, it it stays like a story in your mind and it's just going to be yes yeah, something artificial or something conceptual. Mm. That's why the, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't like it doesn't even have to be like a. Like an important person, it can just be anyone. It's just somebody who you feel comfortable with. Mm. They talk a lot about, um, especially maybe more in the well, in the performance environment, but the mental health environment as well. That vulnerability is actually a, a real good setting to have. Like a lot of times, we we try pack it all in and we try look really tough on the outside and we're trying to put on this persona. But there's a lot of research starting to be done. Like, actually, let's reverse that. Let's actually, let's be okay with not being okay. Let's be vulnerable a little bit. So where do you think vulnerability sits in regard to nerves and anxiety? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of, it's a good wrap up of what I said before. It's like vulnerability is perfect. Like I cannot do my work as a mental coach unless there's vulnerability. So I need to create an environment where my player is able to feel vulnerable. But as soon as we, as we get into a match situation, that's why we put on our our helmets and we start fighting. So so the vulnerability has its space. It has its space before the match, uh, weeks before the match. You can talk about, but when we actually do the performance, then then vulnerability is not an option anymore. 
You know, mm. so that there's 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 a place for vulnerability where we definitely need it and it's crucial, and there's a place where we cannot use it at all anymore. I like that. Mm. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And um, where are you at in regard to breathing interventions for nerves? Because there's been a lot of talk about breath work and breathing and, you know, breathing deep into your diaphragm to kind of slow things down. Have you investigated much of breath work and nerves and how that overlaps with each other? Um, I feel uh, for me, it's more like it's a bit like visualization, like the the the, the breath work. It, it does work. But for me, it, it's 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 a bit like if you have a. If you have a, a a barrel full of full of steam, if you, if you're gonna do breath work, you're gonna like you're gonna breathe out just a little bit, but the barrel is so full that like the real pressure or the real tension is not being released. So I feel like you really need to do the why, for example, the why questions and the sharing in order to get like to open up the barrel. Otherwise, you're just gonna release such a little bit that that most of the of the nerves are still gonna stick. Mm. And of course, understand like you want to have some. Like you said in the beginning, some pressure, a little bit of nerves there to be on your edge, to be ready to go. But I think if you just do the breath work, it, it, you're still, for me, like in my experience, you're still too too tense, basically. Yeah, makes sense. And then um, you just mentioned that probably one of our last little things we want to talk about on this topic, um, visualization. So we we might we're going to be doing maybe a whole topic on that in the future. But where does visualization nerves what's the overlap there how how does this actually help the athletes does it quiet parts of the brain down like like what do you think in the visualization part uh i, I think I, I mentioned it last time as well i'm not such a big fan of visualiz visualization and i feel like when nerves are present visualization is not an option anymore anyway so you could you could basically do visualization all year round until you get to a match and maybe it helps you. Maybe the, the the nerves are gone by the time. Like maybe you do visualization for the next three months, and before your your match, you feel like, hey, that's funny. My nerves are gone. Maybe it mm -hmm. works like that. I don't know. I've, like I said, I'm not not into visualization that much that I feel like it provides benefits for me. But yeah. if that's an option, yes. But if as soon as the nerves kick in and you're really actually nervous and shivering and whatever, then it's too late anyway. Mm -hmm. Like I yeah. said, then your 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 reptile brain takes over and and it's fight or flight. So there's no more visualization possible anyway. Mm -hmm. What what I've heard from some of the other athletes that do use visualization, it's 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 they're just trying to familiarize themselves with that situation. So actually when it happens, when it occurs, when they reach that moment of nerves or anxiety, whatever, it's like, actually I've been here several times and I've seen myself handling it and coping with it so I can go through it. But yes, I think it's only one small part of the whole big picture in that sense. There's, yeah, there, there's so much more complexities to that. Um, so Bart, like just to wrap up the kind of nerves and anxiety piece, any little final messages, any little takeaway points, because I always like to leave listeners with that little bit of a, 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 a scratch they can uh, they can go and kind of take with themselves. It might be something you've mentioned already. So if someone's nervous and anxious, they've listened to our little conversation here. What's your final closing message? Yeah, so like as a small summary, don't take it personal. There's nothing personal about nerves. It's just a bodily reaction to, to a situation. Um, then look into, tap into why are you nervous? So what's the story that makes you nervous? And then share this with someone else. Um, and like I said, the, the this is a, a very vulnerable vulnerable situation. Yes, be vulnerable, but only when you're re reflecting on this stuff. But as soon as that this 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 I'll just say this mental coaching session is over, you close the book and we get back to business. So then there's no more time for for crying anymore. <laughs>